So I have a word for you this morning um, that I've had for a long time. I sat here the first time I came here, I think it was in December, and the Lord spoke to me and said, if you ever preach here, this is what I want you to preach, and I'm not even kidding you. Um, and that's, so I had, I had to do this, so there was nowhere else for me to go with this. I would, I would have tried something else, and I wanted to do something else. Um, but this is what the Lord gave to me, and I know it's going to bless all of us. But before I go on, I just want to thank, I just want to thank the church uh, of Long Island Alliance for um, being a blessing to me and my wife during this last season. My wife and I um, came here in December. You got, you got, you guys just church. Why don't you stand? So everyone knows who you are, man. Um, you, you guys just embraced us. Um, these people, who are these people? We just started showing up in December, and. And you guys just loved us, amen. And I thank all of you, um, George, Cy, Pastor Peter, Pastor Al, of course, Patrick, Teresa, uh, Michael, amen. Just watching you worship is a blessing in Felix. Um, seeing you come in through Alpha and, and and ministering with you guys through the Alpha meetings. It's been an incredible, incredible blessing, and I would not change it for anything in the world. We have a beautiful family here, and I've been to many churches, and we truly, truly, truly have a good shepherd, amen. And I want to share with you a word that the Lord put on my heart. Um, love thy neighbor. Amen. Love thy neighbor. So why don't you stand with me for the reading of God's word. Love thy neighbor. Subtitle can be compassion for souls. Amen. It reads in Matthew chapter 22 verses 34 through 39. Matthew 22 verses 34 through 39. It says, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that you left, up in, left us incredible examples in the Bible and instructions and guidance, Lord, to help us in our daily lives, Father. You, you have instructed us with two things, Lord, to love you and to love our neighbor. And I pray that this morning, through, the, through your word, that we'll be able, Father, to understand what it means to love our neighbor. Lord, speak to me through, through me, Father. Help me, Lord God. Help the words that are spoken, the seeds that are planted, that they would fall on fertile hearts, and that much fruit, Father, would be would be would be born out of this, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, this morning we also have with us um, um, Brother Miguel Vega and his wife Daisy. Can make up one of you stand up and say hello? Thank you, and Daisy. Miguel Vega is representative for New York Team Challenge and Santiago Dominican Republic Team Challenge. Um, he, he helps me personally in booking churches on Sundays. So some Sundays when you don't see me here, I'm usually out with Brother Miguel speaking on behalf of Santiago Team Challenge at other churches, doing the same thing we do here, but for Santiago Team Challenge, or it might be with our choir with Team Challenge. We don't play hooky, my wife and I from church. We go to church. We love church, amen? Um, church, is, church is church. I can't. There's nothing better than church to me, so... Um, and we love being here, we love, and I miss it when I don't come here, so um, thank you, Miguel, for all you do for us, amen, praise the Lord, and Daisy for letting him come out with me, amen. amen. Today we're going to look at two portions of scripture that talk about loving our neighbor. Like the scripture we just read in the encounter between Jesus and the Pharisee, we find throughout the Bible that God left us instructions and God on how 
to love him and how this applies to loving our neighbor. God has loved us as, as our creator. Since the Garden of Eden, God has demonstrated and proven his love for us. This is only part of creation. All of the creation that he did was demonstrating how much he loved us. As you know, the Bible is a love story that culminates in the redemption of God's people. Amen? However, as humans, we have interacted with each other in ways that are not loving towards each other. And in the same sense, we haven't been too loving towards God. Amen? If you recall Jonah, Jonah was a prophet. And Jonah was a person that God used as a vessel to speak to the people. You would think that Jonah would have loved God and the people. But when you read the, I think it's four chapters in the book of Jonah or six. Um, you find that, that Jonah really didn't love people. Because had he loved people, he would have gone directly to the Ninevites. And spoken to them the instructions that God gave him. And, and therefore, as he wasn't loving the people, he was actually demonstrating a lack of love towards God also. Amen? Amen. We will fast forward now from, from the Old Testament and understanding the laws to the New Testament. And there was a group of people called Pharisees. Has anybody ever heard of a group of people called Pharisees? We just read about them. Amen? Christianity.com says this about them. It's the Pharisees were a Jewish group mentioned either collectively or as individuals 98 times in the New Testament, mainly in the Gospel. They were cold and legalistic. At the same time, the Pharisees were the best people in the whole country. They were the holy men who kept the law. They pursued purity with passion and wanted nothing more than to live lives that pleased God. They were sincere, albeit they were sincerely misguided. Amen? They were holier than everyone. They were better than everyone. They were closer to God than everyone, so they thought. And therefore, they put those burdens also on the other people. They put them not only on themselves, but on the people. And those burdens made the people hate God instead of love Him. This was also the group of people that constantly questioned Jesus. In Matthew 23, Jesus speaks of eight woes of the Pharisees. He speaks about why they're like that and how those things that they're doing religiously are not the things that he's requiring of them and that they don't allow them to love God. That's a particular group of people. That's a particular type of person. We too can be as Pharisees when as Christians... We, we, we isolate people or we ostracize them because they're not as good or as holy as we are. Amen? So you don't have to understand the law and know the law. All you have to do is reject somebody because of something you might know. Maybe one verse you might know. And, and winning that argument with your friend on that one verse will actually, can possibly turn that person away from Christ. Amen? There's another, there's another scripture found in Luke. And we're going to focus on this part of it. Luke chapter 10. And it's the, it's the scripture of, the, of, of, the, of a lawyer speaking to Christ. And it reads like this. Luke chapter 10, in case you're taking notes, verses 25 through 37. And it says, And the lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? In other words, he brought him back to the Old Testament. Because he was a lawyer, he knew what the law said. How does it read to you? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind. And your neighbor as yourself. Amen? And your neighbor as yourself. Remember the title today is Love Thy Neighbor. And he said to him, Jesus, you answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, the lawyer, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In other words, who do I need to love? 
Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jericho to Jerusalem and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Amen. And you can underline compassion in your Bible. You might have another version of it, but the original Greek word is compassion. And I'll get into that. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal. In other words, he put him in his car. So back then they didn't have cars. So you know when you find somebody and you're helping them? You put him in your car. So back then they put him on the camel or whatever animal they were riding, right? Maybe it was a donkey. And brought him to the inn and took care of him. He brought him where? He brought him to Teen Challenge. Amen? He brought him somewhere where they could take care of him. On the next day, he departed. He took out two denarii, or he took out $10, gave it to the innkeeper, the manager of the hotel, and said to him, take care of him, and whatever he spends, I'll take care of when I get back. In other words, he gave him an open check. Has anybody ever checked into a hotel? And what do they do when you check in? They ask you for what? A credit card. For what? For incidental expenses. So that you can order room service, so that you can order whatever you want, and they charge it to the room. So basically what the Samaritan says is, put him in the room, and whatever he charges, it's on me. I'll take care of it when I get back. Amen? So Jesus says, so which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell upon the thieves? And he said, the lawyer, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Amen? Jesus answered the lawyer's question. But questions by instructing him to go and repeat the actions of the Good Samaritan. Now remember, God gave us the Bible so that we can read it, so that we can follow instructions also. Sometimes he uses other characters and other people, but in this case, he's using the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan can be us. Amen? The Good Samaritan is not some foreign guy in, 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 in another time or era of life. The Good Samaritan is us today. We are today's Good Samaritans. We are the ones that can take the place of the Samaritan. Amen? He told him to go demonstrate compassion. You see, compassion is the response to suffering of others that motivates a desire to help. Amen? The original word, as I mentioned earlier, is found in the Greek, it's pleximini. It's the inward parts, especially the entrails, the heart, liver, lungs, and kidneys. They gradually come to denote the seat of affections. Amen? Have you ever felt... Like your stomach was tied up when you saw somebody hurting. I saw somebody when I was a kid, they got into an accident, they were bleeding all over the street, and I just got sick to my stomach. Anybody ever get sick when they see somebody that's really hurting? That's, that's what compassion does. It, it affects you so much internally that, you're, that you feel a, a, a knot in your gut, for example. Amen? Another word that, that we see is the, the word mercy. And mercy, uh, combined with compassion, is a covenant loyalty. Amen? It's defined by loyalty to God's covenant. Mercy, kindness, or goodwill toward the miserable, joined with a desire to relieve them. Amen? It's joined with a desire to relieve them. And let's, let's look at those who ignored the dying man on the side of the road. One of them was a priest. You would think that priests would be the people to stop. These people were in church or the synagogue every day, and they, they were highly esteemed amongst the people. 
The term priest is commonly used to refer to an official who had been set apart from the rest of the community in order to carry out certain duties associated with worship and sacrifice. So you would think that these people would have common sense to help somebody who was on the side of the road and dying. It is this priest who first walked by him, and it is the priest who overlooked his responsibility and duties to God and ignored the person that was dying. Amen? Why didn't the priest stop to help the man? And there are many reasons that scholars say. One of them is that he didn't want to be defiled by the blood of the man, maybe, or maybe if he died in his possession or in his um, around him, he would have been defiled and couldn't offer sacrifices as he was going to the temple. So he put the sacrifice above the soul, above the person needing help. However, as a priest, he should have at least stopped and considered the person. Amen? He should have at least looked and helped and, or, or sent someone to get him help. Many of today's leaders are the same. In the business of ministry, they forget what their true calling is. In the business of church, they preach messages that lead more to offerings than souls. I remember conducting site inspections in a country in Africa. And we, we did a crusade in, in two countries there. And we go, I went ahead of our team to find out where we were going to hold this crusade. And the committee that we had put together wanted us to preach inside the stadium. And we didn't want to go inside the stadium because we were like being where the people are. And so we found this place called Kamakunji Grounds in Tanzania or Kenya, I think it was. And it's, it's like... It's like a really, 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 really bad place. It's really bad. Um, the, the grounds there, people were always killing each other. It was an open field. Um, they had a lot of social activities there. They had a lot of political things. And there was always riots forming. But these particular grounds happened to be in front of where the hurting people were. Amen. This is where the, where the gospel needed to be preached. And we got into an argument with the leaders because they wanted us to go into a stadium and have a crusade for churches. We said, no, we're not here for churches and people that are already saved. We want to come out and reach the saved, the unsaved. So we, we won the argument and the battle and we finally preached on the grounds of Kamakunji for three days. And more than 20,000 people came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior on those grounds. Amen. We had compassion for the people that were around us. They were smoking changa. Changa is a mixture of formaldehyde and alcohol, and they bake it or, or boil it in these barrels by the rivers, and everybody in this neighborhood was on this stuff. This is They, they were all like on another planet when you looked at them. Their eyes were glassy, and, and these were the people that were filling the altars the nights of our crusades, amen? The following person that ignored him was the Levite. He was a caretaker of the cat tabernacle and aides to the priest. And if you come from my background, he was an altar boy. I was an altar boy when I was a little boy. Amen. They were all they were at the temple performing duties as, and seen as very spiritual people. Like priests, they were highly honored and respected in society. However, these positions of authority and respect were not handled properly. When not handled properly or guided by the Holy Spirit, can lead to pride and a sense of superiority. Amen. Oh, I've been saved for ten years. I'm better than you are. Amen. Oh, I've been going to church for all these years. I know more than you do. Therefore, I am better. I'm beyond cleaning the bathroom. I'm beyond picking up the piece of paper or something, you know. Or I'm beyond going and ministering to those people that are on the streets. I should be doing something different. You see the similarities in the priest and the Levite. Martin Luther King preached in his sermon on the mount. In his sermon, I've been to the mountaintop. The day before he was assassinated, he said what the priest and the Levite both asked is, the priest and the Levite asked, what would happen to me if I stopped to help this man? 
It was a selfish question. The Good Samaritan asked, what would happen to him if I don't stop? Amen? And that's where we need to see as compassionate people. We need to consider the person, not ourselves or our conveniences. And that is the question that we must ask as we go on with our daily lives. On the train, on the bus, in your apartment, at the bodega, in the elevator, in the building. Do I continue to ignore those around me that are dying and in need of a savior? Am I too busy with work and church activities that I just walk by dying people with no compassion for their souls? Because of the business of our daily lives, it is easy to be blinded by the circumstances of those that live around us. We are so preoccupied with self. Listen to me, folks. We are so preoccupied with self. We are in a selfish society. Everything we do is about ourselves. Where did the selfie come from? I've never seen so many people taking pictures of themselves and putting them on social media. <laughs> I don't like, I, I don't take, I don't, maybe it's because I'm bold, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm not that guy that's always putting pictures up. But there's so many people, it's about me, look at me, look at me, look at what I'm doing. And then they portray something that they're really not. They're, how, look what I'm drinking, look what I'm eating, look where I'm at, look what I'm doing. It's all about them and the attention they can get. Our responsibilities as Christians is first and foremost to proclaim God's love to all people. It is to love thy neighbor. What Jesus was confirming to the teacher of the law was that we must love all our neighbors. However, what he asked him to do was impossible. Why impossible? Because he knew that, he could, that it would not be possible without the Holy Spirit to love someone. It is impossible to love your neighbor without first loving God. Amen? If you remember the question of the lawyer, and who is my neighbor? The Bible says that he, the lawyer, was looking to justify himself. In other words, he was incapable of loving those he didn't get along with or like. He was asking God to pick for him who the neighbor could be because he did not want to love that person that he knew he couldn't love because he just disliked them. Whether it's somebody of a different color, whether it's somebody of a different country, whether it's somebody that dresses differently, whether it's somebody that's done some harm to some people that we think that they're just unlovable. I can, you, can, you can scroll through your TV channel and you can find, oh, Muslims kill 5,000 Christians in, 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 in the Middle East somewhere. And we all start hating them. Amen? We all start hating them. But God loves them. Yes, they're committing horrible acts. But the word compassion goes to that level. It goes to that point that we should be praying and interceding for the people that are committing such hideous crimes. That the Lord would penetrate their heart and that the Lord would transform them. See, God hurts when they do that. God hurts when people do things that don't go according to His word. And we have to hurt just like God does for this lost and hurting world. If you remember the question of the Lord to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus explained it to him. If we love God, then we will learn and understand how God loves His people. That in turn will give you a burden, a pain that moves you on the inside and makes you feel uncomfortable and motivates you to do something. Amen? We must feel uncomfortable as Christians over this dying world. If you are sleeping at night, if you're walking by people knowing that they are not going to heaven, that they do not know Jesus, then we need to pray, Lord, give me the burden that you have 
for lost humanity that I also may have that burden for lost humanity. Because if you love your father, your physical parents, you're going to do whatever pleases them, correct? And that's the same thing God is asking you to do. Love me enough and you will learn to love those that you hate. You will learn to love that person that you despise. You will learn to love that person who offended you or said something about you. It is impossible to love with compassion without God helping us. Anyone can be moved and feel sorry for someone. Feeling sorry might get us to pray for someone or even give them five bucks. But compassion moves us to action. The Holy Spirit within us shares the pain that God has for the lost souls of this world that we might feel the same pain that's not emotional but sacrificial. Amen? Emotional pain will move you to do something. Sacrificial pain will move you to do that. It's like the chicken and the, and the pig. They were going to a, a church men's breakfast. And you've heard the story probably, and the chicken says to the pig, hey, let's go and give, a con- and give a contribution. And the pig says, wait a minute, for me it's a sacrifice, for you it's a contribution. And the chicken says, how? Says, well, the, the pig says, well, you lay two eggs and you give it to them. For me to make ham, you've got to kill me. Amen? So that's, that's the difference there. For, for you to move outside of emotional help and into sacrificial help, you've got to do something that might inconvenience you. You've got to do something that might bother you. You've got to do something that you might not want to do or like to do. Amen? We find in the, in, in the Old Testament that God gave Moses ten commandments. Amen? He summed them up in two. Four of the commandments, the first four commandments have to do with loving who? With loving God. Sixty percent of the commandments have to do with loving thy neighbor. If he found it so important that he made six out of the ten commandments talk about loving your neighbor. When you analyze them, you find that God wants us to know two things, to love him and to love each other. You see, 23 years ago, there was a man on the side of the road, bound by drugs and a lifestyle of sin. One day, a pastor passed by his side and stopped. After looking at him, he felt compassion and was moved to help him. He would meet with him twice a week and on Sundays and Wednesdays to try to help him. For almost a year, him and his wife prayed, fasted, babysat, and even had that drug addict over at their house to sleep in. They took unusual risks. They had children in their house, but trusted that God would heal this young man. They were led by compassion, selfless giving, never expecting anything in return. One day they realized that what they were doing wasn't enough to help them, so they brought him to the inn. They brought him to Teen Challenge. They're just like the Good Samaritan. At Teen Challenge, this young man's life was transformed and changed by the power and blood of Jesus Christ. That man went on to become the vocational director of Teen Challenge in New York and the president of Santiago Teen Challenge. Hundreds of thousands of people have come to know the Lord because one couple demonstrated compassion. One couple demonstrated compassion. Sister Al and Pastor Lori, Sister Lori and Pastor Al are that couple. When I was out on the streets, they met with me. They ministered to me. They sacrificed for me. And they didn't expect that Teen Challenge would one day be at their church, guys. Never underestimate what God can do to you when you demonstrate compassion for someone. I'm telling you, you might think that that person is too far gone. That there is no hope. That there's nothing left. That there's nothing else that can happen. That they're too far. And, 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 and you might miss 
the next Ray. You might miss the next Tish. You might miss the next Cassie. You might miss the next Tina. You might miss that, miss that next person who's going to rise up from the ashes and transform the planet for Jesus. Amen? We're busy. We've got a lot of things to do in life. We work. We've got ministry. We've got so many things going on. We've got family meetings, parties, events, and everything. But folks, let's ask the Lord to touch us in such a way that when we see a hurting person and someone who does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that we take the time to pour into that person. Because what's the title of our message today again? Love that neighbor. Are you the only one paying attention? <laughs> you got to pay attention. The youth always says, Love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. Love your neighbor. Find that opportunity to interact with someone and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You guys already know how to do this. You've done it with my wife and I. You've loved us. You have loved us. Now let's take it outside these doors and let's minister to the lost. We do it with Alpha on Wednesday night. We have an incredible opportunity. Listen to me. On Wednesday nights coming now in the, in the, in the fall, we have an incredible opportunity to love our neighbor. If you want to learn how to love your neighbor, register for Alpha. It is the greatest thing in the world to watch people come in from all walks of life and interact with them and be able to tell them, hey man, how are you? And just be yourself. And just be yourself. Give that one hour a week and find how God can use you to transform this world so that when you find out what it means to love God, the answer is to love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. So my, my charge to you, to you today is this. When we get home today, let's get into our word. Let's ask the Lord, Lord, how can I better love my neighbors? Is it the guy to your left at home? Is it the guy to your right? Is it that person you work with? Is it the person you, you run into on the train every day? Is it that person that you really hate, your boss? How can you love your boss? Oh my goodness, that can be very difficult at times, amen. But ask the Lord to give you the same pain that he feels for them so that you'll see how your attitude changes. Because you're going to go way out of your way. Pastor Allen says, Lori, they had children in their house. When they had an adult addict in their house, he slept with one eye open and one eye closed. Amen? <laughs> or maybe it was with both eyes open. <laughs> Amen? He took, I, I don't, and I don't, um, I don't tell you to take that risk. I'm not saying that's what you have to do. Because that was, that was very, that was very God. How's that? Um, but when you do things that God is guiding you to do, you'll see how God changes. Allow yourself to be used. Allow yourself to love your neighbor. God bless you. Have a great day. Pastor Adam.